Hi, good evening, everyone. Today's episode is uh, just some thoughts about preparing for the dissertation. Uh, my podcast has kind of been um, more instructional, somewhat uh, discussion of just various topics related to technology that get your mind thinking, a little bit of uh discussion on what things are and where things are going. Um, Part of the doctoral program is one of the major parts of it is preparing for the dissertation. And the dissertation is similar to a thesis. A thesis is for the master's degree. And I worked on that and I finished that project already. And what I did with that was looking at profiling systems or identity systems and the internet's design, the way that it's currently on a one-to-one ratio, meaning that uh, each merchant and location or uh, each office has their own internet site. And it's really not integrated and connected as as it should be. Uh, In good databases, you enter the information one time and you use it multiple times in multiple places. And right now we're forced to re-enter information constantly over and over and over. And systems are getting better with um, autofill forms, but that's just not enough. Autofill forms are the ones where uh, you can just start typing and it remembers the old information that you put in. And there's a lot of problems with that. It's very inconsistent. And uh, so it's really badly built right now. So part of the Uh, preparation for the dissertation is deciding whether or not I want to go further into that problem area and solve it and focus my studies on that similar and same topic but more in depth or if I want to go into another area. Uh, the, The thesis pretty much discussed the problem and discussed some basic solutions. So a talented group of individuals could take the thesis and fix the problem based upon what's already written. So I sort of feel like that problem is already written, fully explained, and solved. Uh, Whether or not industry follows it or people actually implement the changes is unknown. But um, the dissertation could potentially give more information and more direction on how to fix the problem. But the problem is, uh, the problem about the problem, (laughs) is that there's very limited research available and a dissertation is supposed to either be new research, which means nothing's really published about it, so it'd be new, and or it's supposed to be a consolidated research of previously written works uh, based on a hypothesis to agree or disagree and prove it back up the theory and say this is still very accurate and this is still the way that it works so two potential ways to go with the dissertation i like the idea of new research rather than readdressing old problems that have already been Uh, well-researched and identified, uh, especially just with one basic experience recently. um, The assignment was to review another doctoral candidate's dissertation. 
And I don't know if he actually got his his PhD, probably. Um, Because I think what universities do is they just grant the PhD based upon completion of the program and not thorough completion of accuracy and scientific modeling of a study that proves facts that can be used in industry in order to shape the designs of systems uh, based upon the proof of his two theories or his theory or argument. Uh, I could not support his argument. In fact, it was on artificial intelligence and that whole area, which I'll have a class on that coming up, that whole area is very controversial. Um, because the meaning itself indicates fake intelligence, meaning people are, are making stuff up, you know, like making it up. Like I'm smart. I swear I'm smart, but I'm not. And so it's delusional lies. And what we're seeing is a lot of fake information, false information, misinformation. And he tries to go into his study about proximity and effects on the media with artificial intelligence when really he's the only thing he should have asked or said was you know are there does society view artificial intelligence as a threat to humanity meaning are robots going to take over and automate positions and jobs and is it going to cause economic downturn but he went so weirdly oddly scientific in theories and wasn't able to tie the two theories together to say yes or no um or to even provide any kind of research that was valuable that said he questioned uh 25 people which in his mind was a portion of society that could represent uh, a population that either sees artificial intelligence as a business threat or a threat to humanity overall or even any kind of perception, um, evaluation, survey modeling. You know, how do you, how do you survey and uh, understand the perceptions of people? You ask survey questions, and in the scientific model, there's a specific way and requirements that have to be met so that you're not uh, suggesting or coaching your uh, your your participants because they have to the results have to be completely independent of your own agenda and what you think might be true or what you want to be true so his his research model didn't fit the scientific model so what happens there uh and we've seen this a lot in a lot of studies and a lot of uh collegiate works as of lately especially with a lot of foreign Uh, writers being allowed to publish uh, it's really not effective what's happening there is uh, the models are being skewed Uh, they're non-scientific they can't be relied upon and trusted and you could give a presentation and creatively convince an audience that uh, what you say is true but uh, for readers that actually read the study and have scientific experience they just sort of look, I look at those people and I go, man, you really, I, 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 w- I mean, I chose this study because it sounded good in the beginning and the abstract, but uh, in the abstract is a summary of what it is. But 
you know, the more I dug into it, the more I said, man, you really don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know how to go about proving an argument or proving a hypothesis. And now it's published and it's all screwy. And, you know, how does that affect public perception or student perception? It makes you go, well, the University of Washington let you publish this and put it into libraries available for other students. The only thing that you can learn from it is how uh, a research study might look very scientific with tables and figures and facts. But if you don't even yourself have an understanding how to evaluate a study, a research study, then you might just look at it and go, that's great. Sounds good. But when you really analytically look at it and scientifically look at it and you go, I don't, uh, your results don't even match the question that you're asking or the, uh, the thing that the facts that you're trying to create or prove. And it has no rel- uh, relation whatsoever to the theories you have presented. The theories, uh, if you use other people's theories or well-designed, well-crafted and accepted theories, uh, the theories have to match and go along the lines of the question that you're asking. They either have to support it or oppose it and say, well, there's one particular area of science. These theories are disproven. They do not apply in that case or they they do. And and these these theories are applicable to this area of research and proves this hypothesis supported by a survey of participants that were questioned Uh, with general uh, questions to gauge their perception on how they see artificial intelligence. None of his writings at all even came close to describing his purpose, but that's what it was. was. And so he went really uh, fluffy and wording about about, uh, construals and thematic uh, sociological perce- perceptions and proximity. So trying to identify if, if people uh, have to be close to something. Uh, and and this is metaphorically speaking. You can, when you're describing how a person feels, um, you can say emotion, words like emotionally distant, but that doesn't truly describe what's going on. Either a person understands it uh, they see it as a personal threat to their safety and their security and happiness or prosperity, meaning that they uh, feel threatened that they could potentially lose their jobs. And or uh, they view artificial intelligence as presented in the theaters and movies with a specific movie reference that they do have potential uh, to take over humanity and they do fear And so you have to gather not just perception, but you have to gather those emotional elements that artificial intelligence is supposed to uh, invoke or spark or um, make obvious and known that can be conveyed and can be described as a reaction to their exposure to artificial intelligence, whether it's in a um, fictional movie or if it's a non-fictional Uh, work-related concern that has been presented to them through the use of computer automation 
and the presentations of potential robots working as plastic devices and not actually humans. Or in the same manner, human robots um, that are programmed to uh, do things a specific way without feeling an emotion that create uh, problems in society. Like the cop that comes along and says, I don't care if you're bleeding, I'm going to arrest you. I don't care if you just got out of the hospital, I'm going to tow your car and have it towed because you're parked wrong. You know, that's an unemotional society that's damaging and causing it to a serious decline into uh, what looks like is fascinating that they're robotic and they do it automatically without thought or regard to human feelings. But uh, when you look at it as a human, you go, man, you guys are really emotionless and really heartless. And that's uh, something that is valuable to study. But um, at the same time, you don't want to get into a study area that's personally debilitating that says, well, that happened to me before. And because I am personally passionate about solving the problem, I'm not going to remain your victim and study an area where you already screwed up. We know you screwed up. And just to prove that you're an emotionless uh, force of beings. Forcible, acting what you think is in accordance with the law versus what humanity thinks is compassionately acceptable in uh, fair treatment of humans and non-violation of human rights. And those with the black and white thinking that think it has to be in writing and there has to be a special code and a violation of that code in order to prosecute. While the woman is sleeping on the streets or in a hospital bed because you destroyed her life. You're just too um, pattern focused Uh, to complete your job, to keep food on your table when you don't even realize the impact uh, uh, that you're causing to society as a whole and even just one person, even one person, it's too much. So rather than to focus on emotionally specific areas of study where damage was caused because for a student and the person experiencing it, it causes ongoing emotional trauma. It causes ongoing uh, need to fight and change that problem. So that can't be changed. It's already been done. Although it could bring new ideas and thoughts to other people to not behave that way. And maybe to change the leadership. And maybe to change the design of certain law enforcement systems or other enforcement systems like the U.S. military. But um, wouldn't this podcast accomplish that in itself? I mean, a 30-minute talk is all you really need to get some people thinking uh, a little more compassionately and realistically about what they're doing and not just go follow an order because somebody told you to. Uh, That's destructive. And that's bad. And it keeps, keeps happening. You know, they don't care. So rather than to focus on that... Uh, so we, we'll focus on, uh, I'm going to focus on something a little more, a little less emotional and uh, not fault myself for saying, well, you're choosing something that you're not emotionally attached to. You're choosing something that you're not terribly passionate about, passionate about. But maybe, you know, there's passion that develops through the study. 
uh, and a new love for something that wasn't there before rather than something very negative and uh, hurtful that happened so that I don't uh, stay in a pattern of um, dwelling on the past of all the problems because that's been a really, uh, that's a really big thing on post-traumatic stress disorder is that after all these traumas happen, you come to a new understanding of what was wrong and you know you're not at fault. You might be. Yeah, you parked in the handicap zone. Yeah, but, you know, a good people say, let's get her car moved to a, a legal zone. Cause, so when she is able to come back and get it, um, which would only be a couple days, uh, you know, she doesn't have to be $2,000 more in debt and lose it because, you know, she's not financially stable because she is disabled. You know? I mean, you can argue in court what a handicap uh, really is, but in the end, the car's still gone. You know, the car's still gone. So arguing and lawyering and legalizing and fighting law enforcement is just, it's not worth the time because you're talking to brick walls who are little robots running around. So the artificial (coughs) element might be, you know, that they feed off of lies and they get (coughs) so uh, destructively retributional vengeance is mine kind of attitude. So rather than to study those areas, study something that's a little bit better and how you can help the internet. I think that would be more valuable for the time. I wrote one of my, uh, my instructors, one of the doctors at the university, and I asked for some guidance on uh, what to do about my dissertation uh, because I'm considering uh, I want to write a book and the end result is going to be a book and I just don't want it to end up being a consolidation of all my assignments. I want it to be something that is valuable and I know the dissertation is separate. It's going to be a separate study. So I don't want it to be completely disconnected and out in left field from what all of the assignments are because I think I'm on the right track as far as consolidation of work into a valuable book. But it brings me back to the first book writing experience and how screwed up things truly are. So dealing with a screwed up world of people who are so superior, they think they know exactly what they're doing and it's just a mess. And then pointing out how big of a mess it is It's almost like you want to throw your hands in the air and just say, I don't even want to work with you anymore. Especially when the doctor comes back advising you, saying, you don't have to save the world. You know, that's just terrible. That's terrible guidance and terrible everything. So I'm kind of mad right now. But I'm not that, I'm not going to be that way. So I'll just take that. And that little training mode, that sickness has got to stop. Got to stop that.